happy Wednesday, friends. Welcome back to the Next Big Thing podcast. So excited to have you listening this week. We have a gem. Our guest today is Jordan. She is the founder of Cobble. Now, you might have heard of her previous company, which is kind of now blended into her current company, but her previous company is IDK Tonight. And the reason why I was so drawn to what Jordan is doing is because she's created an app for couples. Now, we are so conditioned to seeing apps for people who want to find their significant other and meet people, but we don't really see anything that helps people stay connected and come up with fun ideas. So what Cobble does is kind of helps you plan out basically experiences that you can have with your significant other. And it helps you guys. It's the same kind of like swiping mechanism as what you would experience in a dating app, but it's for couples so that you and your significant other can align on activities. Where has this been (laughs) our entire lives? Like when I was in a relationship, I would have loved to have something like this because we all know that that back and forth of deciding what to do on a weekend night or a weeknight is exhausting sometimes because you just can't come to a decision. And what I love about cobbles that actually helps the decision making along and, and does so in a fun way that engages you and your your significant other and just makes it more exciting, really. And it's also interesting, too, to hear about Jordan and how they've had to pivot Cobble to reflect what's going on in the current pandemic. But she's just so well-spoken. She's so pulled together and she's so smart. I think Cobble is a brilliant idea. And it's really exciting to talk to visionaries like Jordan who are coming up with ideas that help connect people further. Like I've never seen anything like Cobble before, and I have no doubt they're going to be so successful. So I loved recording this episode. I loved having Jordan on, and I think you guys will really enjoy the advice that she has. If you're a budding entrepreneur or you are a current entrepreneur just trying to find your way, she has such good advice. So I think you guys will love this episode, and I will catch you on the flip side. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the Next Big Thing podcast. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. We are pumped to hear about everything Kabul. But before we get into that, I want to just kick it off with, you're the first person that we've had on the podcast. To my knowledge, like I'm trying to think back on everyone, everyone that we've had on, but really you're the first person that has two companies and Kabul is your second company. So before we get into that... I would love for you to just tell listeners about your first company, how it's doing, where that's going, all that good stuff. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to talk about um, IDK tonight is my is my first uh, business, the business that made me an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm I'm sure all of your past guests are like, how dare she forget my first business or <laughs> all the all the other stuff that they did? I highly doubt it though. Um, but yeah, IDK Tonight was really started uh, with this idea in mind that there was so much out there for people who were dating and nothing out there for people who were in committed relationships who were, you know, coupled up. And I was sort of curious about that. I, I'm just a huge tech lover myself. Um, and I download apps all the time and I'm always testing things and 
I was like, what would like, what would there be for a couple, like in terms of tech? And I, I had no idea. And I come from a journalism background. Uh, I went to NYU and then I, my first job was at CBS this morning. And I was sort of like, I don't know what sort of tech I would build for couples, but I do know that they're not targeted very often. And maybe I can start by creating an audience of couples. And then when I figure out, you know, some sort of cool app, I will have an audience to, to try it out. And so that's sort of how IDK Tonight was born. And it was just my concept of, let me create an editorial site that curates date plans for couples in New York City. And alongside that alongside that website, we, we also had a newsletter and we had our Instagram. And we did. We just started growing the audience. And very soon into starting IDK Tonight, I did come up with the concept of Cobble because what I noticed was that there was so much great content out there, but it was just really hard to make a decision on all of that content. It was like when it came, when push came to shove, it was like, okay, but what do we actually do? Um, and that's when I came up with the idea for cobble, but it absolutely, you know, I, I wouldn't have had an audience. I wouldn't have had this knowledge around couples, around couples behavior if I hadn't started IDK tonight. And so, um, it's still going strong. We have, you know, almost 50,000 followers on Instagram, um, totally organic audience, and uh, it's it's just sort of this gift that keeps on giving to keep experimenting and growing Cobble now. Wow, 50,000 followers. That's impressive. So was it like over time you had this realization of why isn't anyone catering to couples? Or was it just like a split second idea that you just had one morning or late at night that you were like, I need to pursue this? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I I eventually thought of couples because I first tried to launch like a little test experiment on a website on where I was like, oh, people could request plans, like these curated plans. And I had just a little survey online. It was called IDK Tonight. That was the very, very first version. And what I noticed was that, you know, all of the requests that were coming in were from couples. And so that was like this moment of, oh, there's nothing for couples. And I, I also am just a huge fan of branding and good brand. And I was like, couples are so sexy and like so untapped. Everything that's out there for couples is like mushy and embarrassing and cutesy. And I was just like, we could do something so much fucking cool. Shoot, am I allowed to swear on here? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh damn. Uh, I just said all three bad words in like one second. Um, but I was like, we could do something so cool for couples. Like if we just branded this thing. So that, that was like very exciting to me. And I was in a relationship and like, I just had the most supportive, cool, funny partner. We just got married. Um, and so I was like, this, this could really be something. So that's how it started. And then how did cobble evolve into this? It's not like a next iteration, but how would you describe cobble, how it works and the play off of IDK tonight? Yeah. So Cobble came to be because I had all this great content and Nick and I still couldn't make a decision about what to eat. Um, and it was like, why, why? And so I came up with this concept of, you know, you have a, a Cobble account and you're connected with your partner and only your partner and really amazing curated content pops up on each of your Cobble apps. And when you both swipe right on an idea, you match just with each other. So you're swiping remotely from each other. And when you match, it's actually an authentic 
decision that you both want to eat at this restaurant, that you both want to um, try out this cool new experience. And, you know, now we can get into, oh, we launched during a pandemic and all of the content was based around going out and being out in the world. And so what we did was began to augment our content, which of course was always the plan anyways, was, okay, this is a decision-making platform. People could make decisions together on everything from planning their wedding to traveling to, you know, renting a car, like it just could be so much. So what we decided to do during the pandemic was actually expand at the very least into stuff couples could be doing while they're stuck at home. So we added like recipes and what to watch and which is our second biggest fight. Um, and you know, what virtual events to attend. And we saw just such an amazing reception with having all of that content, both going out content and staying in content, because as outdoor dining became really popular in New York, people started using the original concept again. And, you know, we're really excited for, you know, the world to get back to normal so that they can have the full, full use of cobble. But even the stay at home content is performing very well right now. And how do you find what content to leverage within the app? Is that like through partnerships? Is that through research? Excellent question. Uh, yeah, so it's it does our custom content. We have a group of freelance writers who produce all of the content who decide if something is worthy of being on the app. You know, something that's a really huge differentiator for us is like, this is not a Yelp where Burger King is coming up. You know, what you're going to see is very thoughtful and, and something that we think you'll actually match on. Um, and so how we scale is really a combination of, you know, all we need to launch a city is a couple of freelance writers with boots on the ground that, you know, produce enough content to serve, you know, unlimited amounts of people. Um, but we do also plan on partnering with like-minded editorial voices, right? So for example, you know, we're looking right now for um, a couple of bloggers, perhaps who have large arsenals of recipes that, again, fit our standards of really high quality stuff. And we plug in to have access to all of their recipes and our curators still decide what actually goes live in the app. So it's almost like this double layer, um, but it does allow us to scale even, even faster. Um, and that's sort of, you know, we can do the same thing with Airbnb, you know, I was gonna say, Airbnb experiences are like so clutch right now. During, oh, so true. Yeah. Like they're the best. And I think about couple nights and doing that. And some of those ideas are perfect. Absolutely. And, and speaking of, you know, couples and things like, of course, our core audience will always be this group of people who make the most decisions together, but we are expanding into all types of relationships very quickly because while people are like, love it with my boyfriend, love it with my wife, you know, they're like, I want to use this with my best friend. Yes. A hundred percent. And we totally see the use case for that. And this, this first year has been very much about exploring how people are using the product so that when we do expand to different relationships and we continue to expand into different verticals, you know, we'll be much more prepared to do that. Oh, I love that because I think too, especially like it's interesting knowing the timing in which you guys launched, because I think about my friends and I now, and we're like, we want to do things together, but we don't know what we can do that's still safe. Yeah, a hundred percent. And there's just, there is so much to like socially distant outdoor activities. We have this whole filter on cobble right now called mini getaways. And it's all about the surrounding stuff. Like 
wineries and different, like now that it's like winter, there's like different snowboarding and skiing like destinations. And it's my favorite like filter to use personally right now. Um, different like little secret B and B's and, um, it's, it's so much fun. And, and that is like, because we launched during the pandemic, like we have been so focused on serving the community in a way that makes sense for this time. Like one of the first filters we made this summer was like, all the places doing outdoor dining. We were one of the first platforms that you could literally filter by just the places that had amazing outdoor dining setups. Smart. <laughs> like we, where we need Kabul. We, everyone in the world needs Kabul. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, seriously, because what you're saying is these conversations are all happening behind closed doors, literally because everyone's cooped up. So mm-hmm. it's bringing that to life, those experiences to life that people are talking about having anyway. They just don't know where to turn outside of a generic Google search, really. And that's the thing too, is like everything is still so one-sided. Like I might see something on Instagram and be like, oh, this looks awesome. But like, I have to text it to Nick. I have to, right. <laughs> Nick. I have to, whatever. It's like when something actually surfaces for both of us, like it's just so much more likely to happen. Yeah, I, I can see that. And like, that makes perfect sense. I think for most people who are in relationships or even just have friendship. So what would you say that you learned? I'm really curious with IDK tonight, what did you learn about running that, that really helped you with Kabul? Like what was one of the biggest lessons that you were like, okay, I did not learn this the first time around and now I need to figure this out. (laughs) Oh my God. What everything, literally all (laughs) of the things I definitely made 800 million mistakes, especially when it comes to hiring and finding the right technology partners. And, you know, I, I had to, Try. I mean, I got lucky with some of the people who are who are still with me today, but I definitely, you know, didn't trust my gut. Is where it it comes down to. I think anytime I say I brought someone on, that there was a little part of me that was like, I have some reservations, but maybe they'll surprise me. Like that is not what you do. Like, <laughs> that is what I learned. It's like if you at all feel like yes. maybe they'll positively surprise me. Like, no. Just it's if my one of my amazing coworkers now is always saying like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And uh, I yes. it's, so, it's true. so true. Yes. So there's that. I mean, geez, it's so 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 much. But what I learned most of all is just that you have to keep learning. Like that's that's it. You will never know everything. And you, you, if you think you do, then you're definitely wrong. (laughs) And for you, is that learning more applied as time goes on? Or is it something that you're really intentional about like goal setting and saying, I'm going to learn this new thing this week? Or is it just like you do, it's a trial by fire kind of. I would say I wish it was more of the former, but it's definitely more of the latter. Um, I think now that we have this team that we're building out, so we we recently raised our, our seed round and now we have been hiring a ton. Um, it's just so amazing to me to be able to delegate to people who just have a vastly different skill set that is just so unbelievably impressive to me. Um, I'm really trying to learn how to better you know, take myself out of the equation more often and like really rely on these people that are invested in the company. Um, and, and make sure that they know that they can, you know, lean on me as well. Of course, that's really, they're all my bosses essentially. Um, but I, I think generally, you know, 
I have only really learned a hard lesson when, you know, I screw it up. So that's why when I am going through something that's tough, I really do try to position it in my head as like, this is something I am becoming a better person through, which of course is so hard to think about when you're in the middle of like freaking out about something going wrong. Um, but ultimately that that's just the truth. Yeah. And did you, have you always wanted to be, I mean, like, it's amazing to hear like the funding that you've gone through and it's incredible. I know and inspiring for a lot of entrepreneurs who want to get to that place. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur? You know, I I don't think I, I definitely didn't say that, you know, I grew up saying like, I want to be a writer. I want to, you know, be in journalism. I I think I wanted to like make movies. Like I was very artistic and and creative, um, but never really. I said I always wanted to make things, which now looking back feels entrepreneurial. Um, and then even the what I studied in in college was I designed my own major. NYU had this amazing program where you could literally build your own major, pick your classes, and then you have to present your major to a board at the end. Which, like again, looking back, is couldn't be more entrepreneurial. But at the time, I was like, no, I just like journalism and screenwriting and fiction writing, and I want to study all three, and um, I'm going to just pitch that as my major, and uh, you know pitching that and, and graduating, right? Like this group, I pitched for like three hours. I had to prove that I read all of these historical books as it pertains to my major. And then they leave the room and they go confer or no, I, they didn't leave the room. I left the room. I'm like, why would they all leave me in the room? (laughs) Um, I had, they were like, can you step out while we, you know, discuss and you're standing out in the hallway while they talk about it for 15 minutes. And you know, that if you you come in, they're either going to say, Hey, we think you need to like, do some more work on this, or you have just graduated from New York university. Like that's it. Um, and that was such an, Oh my God, just, it was such a stressful process getting up to that that point. It was the most relieving thing on the planet when, when I finally did it. And I then went and started working at CBS and I think I just felt so flat. Like I had just overcome this huge thing. I got the dream job. And then what else? Like I, I very, I felt so sort of like, what am I working toward now? And that's why I I ultimately decided to leave and start something of my own. And and in my head, it was like, I'm really young. I I could screw up and and still go back into the workforce, hopefully with some sort of new skill. Um, And I had, you know, a very supportive family. I was freelancing on the side. I was nannying on the side. My then boyfriend, now husband, um, was also, you know, able to support me financially if need be. So I had just the perfect storm to do it. Um, but you know, as soon as I started doing my own thing, I was like, Oh, okay, this is, this is where I'm meant to be. Yeah, exactly. This is the right move. Totally. So let's talk about current, the current world of dating apps is so interesting. I think to a lot of people, I mean, Bumble is going through an IPO right now. Yes. It's a big space. And which how how has Cobble's like life after the swipe positioning really helped you guys scale and grow, knowing that so much of the focus is on dating apps? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of targeting. Is it's just we're reaching people who have never heard this messaging before. You either have we're either targeting and, and we're actually just about to really go full bore into our growth, you know, right. The last, you know, six months, we've been just uber focused on our product and on our first users and making their experience as great as possible before really starting marketing. 
but we're either targeting people who have met on dating apps and who have found success and who trust technology to help their relationship. And now this is the next step. And it's like, Hey, come trust our technology now to make your relationship even more, you know, rich and and fun and easy and less stress. Or we're targeting people who completely miss the boat on dating apps are like, I've never swiped. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they've always wanted to swipe. They've, they've been so fascinated by dating apps and, and, and feel like they missed out on this thing. Yes. They met their partner before. Isn't it so funny and, how like couples have FOMO about it? Like, yes. A hundred percent. I had, I had FOMO about it when I was, I was in a relationship when dating apps first came out and, and then we ended up breaking up and I was on a dating app for like two months and I was like, you know, this might not be all it's cracked up to me. Yeah. Right. But it's kind of like I, when I, people borrow each other's phones, exactly. too. like, you know, like, like your married like, friends and like your friends yeah. in relationships be like, I'll swipe for you. <laughs> we, we want it. And now it's like cobble gives you this opportunity yes. to swipe yes. and have fun, but also, you know, make, you know, make your own relationship even, even more, you know, incredible. And, and hopefully all your relationships eventually, whether it's friends yeah. or family or colleagues, um, you'll be able to continue swiping and, and doing the best. And what was it like building an app? So we had, so we had Heather Hopkins, who is the CEO of Grays, which is a dating app on a few months ago. And I'm always fascinated by people and entrepreneurs who develop apps because there's so much that goes into it. What was, what's been the process like of getting that up and running? Oh my goodness. It is, if I, you know, there's a reason why I think, uh, people who are just completely unaware of the work that it takes, uh, are the ones who do it because, you know, I look back and I'm like, if I had any clue how tough, um, it is to just make this thing happen. Like, would I have done it? Like, I mean, I'm thrilled now, but like, if I had known how much work it was, I don't know if I would have kept going. I, I don't know. Either way, I'm thrilled that I'm here. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because you, you have the idea. It's like, you're in a visionary, but then when it comes to the actual development of the app, it's so, it's almost like unnecessarily difficult. It's so, um, there's just, you need to know every single piece of what goes into it. Every button, every word, every color, every swipe, like you, it's so, uh, you know, it's this machine made up of tiny, tiny millions of tiny things. And like, you have to be in charge of every single decision. Like there's something about, you know, when I talk to investors and I'm selling this humongous vision and I'm like, I cannot wait until you're swiping with your brother and your best friend and your, and you're swiping on what mountain house you should stay in. Like there's, I get so big and then I'll go back to my team on a product meeting and be like, Oh, uh, let's make sure that this button is like, has a bigger radius around it. Like, you know, you're just right. like, you go from so big to so, so small. Tedious. Exactly. Yes. But originally the very, very first thing I did was really brainstorm everything I wanted this app to be, throw everything at the wall and just start sketching screens and write down, you know, okay, when you would tap something like this, you'd go to this screen and I would draw that rectangle. And I just drew all and I'm not an artist, like in terms of visual, I can write all day, but I cannot visual. (laughs) It is embarrassing. I brought all of these, you know, pieces of printer paper with my pen sketched um, screens. There was probably like 50 old school. (laughs) Literally. I I brought it to a designer who was in my WeWork office at the time. And I was like, Hey, you know, I, I think I need, you know, someone to help me translate these screens and like, help me nail down this functionality and like what I should do the first version versus, you know, the 
all the future versions. And, you know, of course it gets way, way, way pared down for an MVP. And even still we, we had so much functionality that isn't even in this current version that's in the app store. Um, but that's what happened is I, I took it to a designer. He translated it into actual, you know, mock-ups. We had users, you know, beta test just by a clickable prototype. And uh, from there, I found a development firm that I partnered with. They built the very first version. Um, I got, I funded the app, our seed round, and then I hired the team. And now it's an in-house Wow. And what was the process like of, I love that story of finding someone in WeWork that is just so entrepreneurial. I love it. (laughs) I mean, they're all around you. (laughs) Yeah, totally. What was the process like from, or timing like from when you had the the written down kind of like mm-hmm. wireframes to actually getting to MVP, which for those listening is like a minimal viable product, yeah. like your first iteration, basically. I can tell you exactly. So I launched IDK tonight at the end of 2017. I had the idea for cobble, which wasn't called cobble yet. I actually had a crazy naming game that I'm happy to share with the audience um, <laughs> that, that we ultimately got to that name. Um, I came up with the idea for cobble and sort of had this idea of swiping and matching in, in, you know, by the spring of 2018. And that's when I started sketching the screens. Um, I had it designed and user tested on the designs, you know, through the rest of end of 2018, um, started looking for a development partner in early 2019, um, got really held up with finding the right development partner and, and didn't hire someone until summer of, of 2019, that work started. It was being beta tested in the actual developed version um, in October of 2019. Um, we did another round of development based on that feedback and it was ready to go in spring of 2020. <laughs> wow. So that's that's what happened. Um, oh my gosh. Course, the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, this whole app is built for going out. <laughs> oh, Let convenience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, how do you stay balanced as an entrepreneur with both companies? Like this is mind blowing to me that you even have the time. How, like, what is your, is it just like every new day you like take it day by day and, and figure things out? Or have you had to have more of a regimented, like disciplined approach to finding balance? You know, I, I mean, I think we only can take it day by day. Um, I, I try to goal set as much as possible. I write every single thing down. We were just talking about how I use Notion, but I've been on Trello. I've been on Asana. I've been on Monday. I finally (laughs) found my home, I think, in Notion. Um, And I just moved my whole product team over to Notion as well from Asana. Sorry, Asana. Um, But we, uh, we, I, I, I just, you know, make sure that I'm ticking things off and that I'm I'm aware at the end of the week of what I've done and what is just still imminent to be done. And I really take breaks like on the weekend and even during, you know, if I, if it's a Tuesday and I'm like, holy crap, like I am so overwhelmed right now. I'm bringing bad energy to my meetings. I, I need to just walk away from my computer. And if I go lay down and read my fiction book, I'm not going to go over there and read a business book. That's for damn sure. I'm going to read something fiction and just get in, get in, maybe I'll nap for 20 minutes. I wake up and I'm 
literally just a new person. Like yeah. it's so, so, so important. And the other thing is when you really take serious breaks on the weekend, like I try not to, I'll answer emails and I'll maybe do something for like a takeover on social or, you know, something like that on the weekends. But when I come back Monday morning after legitimately breaking for two days, I'm so fired up. And so like, I really do, I use that time to reset. And in terms of your question about running both IDK tonight and cobble, at this point, IDK Tonight is really like the the content arm of Cobble. So like they're very integrated. And, you know, I have, again, really a huge amount of help now running IDK Tonight's Instagram. And um, so I have a lot more help to, to make it happen. But that's really just sort of our organic inbound content arm of the business. That's awesome. That's actually a huge benefit to have that as a compliment, really, to Cobble. Mm-hmm. That's That's great. What would you say has been like your both like, let's do like the most, um, like the hardest thing that you've had to learn as an entrepreneur and the most rewarding thing you've had to learn and they can be separate or they can be the same. I think the hardest thing is just understanding that success is just constantly rolling away from you and rolling toward you. And you have to understand that when it's rolling away from you, it's eventually going to come back if you're really dedicated and you're and you're really really passionate and and understanding that when success is rolling towards you that like you can't just live for that like just you know understanding that yes this is a bonus and I'm going to enjoy this for a second and feel the energy of it and how how it moves me and ride that but I also you know when we started getting a little bit of press and I found myself focusing so much on that. And it's like, it's just not a healthy way to, to really, um, diagnose the health of your business. Um, and so I, I definitely am just trying to be more aware generally of when I'm feeling low versus when I'm feeling high and, and just trying to be aware of those emotions, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of, it's interesting. Cause I feel like what you're saying is like both success and failure are fleeting in a way. So, and they're both imposters. Like there's actually a (laughs) poem that I love by Rudyard Kipling called if, and I'm pulling it up right now because there's one line in it that I think would be um, really, really helpful for anyone listening is if you can dream and not make dreams, your master, if you can think and not make thoughts, your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same is, is, you know, I, and I could, you could read the whole thing. It's just if, 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 and then at the end, it sort of has this uh, payoff, which um, definitely look it up, but I do it. That's just such a beautiful line. It's like triumph and disaster are, are just imposters and you do need to treat them the same. Oh my gosh. I love, I'm going to look that up. I I just got chills because I think about um, the thinking and it reminds me of meditating and how sometimes I'm like, I'm, I mean, not sometimes I am really bad at meditating because I let my thoughts almost like become me as mm-hmm. opposed to how you're supposed to like, let your thoughts just like pass by you. Well, you are, you know, you've heard it over and over again, but you are not your thoughts. And yes. that's, that's just, that is true. Yes. And like, it really is true, especially when it comes to imposter syndrome and also imposter syndrome is fleeting. So yes, when you're having a really bad day and that you have those feelings of imposter syndrome, I love your, your advice of just like taking a step back. 20 minute nap can be like a godsend on it some really, days. It really is. Yeah, like 
like a game changer. And like, once you do that, it's like you come back with fresh eyes and you know that it's fleeting and it's just not there forever. Exactly. No, nothing is permanent. And that should both motivate you and, you know, relax you. Totally. Oh, I love that. I'm going to look that poem up later. (laughs) Yeah, you said it's beautiful. It's good. It sounds really good. If you could go back to before you started um, IDK tonight, would you give, what kind of advice would you give your, your past self? Oh my goodness. Oh, ah, gosh, maybe not to fire off emails so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> like proofread. <laughs> I, I'm not even proofread, but just letting, honestly worse, like letting, my, oh. letting my emotions, you know, oh, yeah. my, my fast responses to yes. from people. I'm definitely embarrassed by, you know, my quick reactions to like, you know, I thought you were going to do this. Like, you know, it's like so yes. emotional and yes. it was really just like, a learning experience of, you know, growing and becoming more emotionally intelligent that it's like looking back, it's, you know, there's not, you know, you can't really just teach emotional intelligence. You really have to sort of go through it. Um, But that's probably something I look back at and cringe. That's so funny. I also think too, when I was younger, how much I used to like read into emails too, Like, (laughs) like be like, Oh, are they mad at me? And it's like literally they're using a period instead of an exclamation mark. And I'm like, oh, they're mad. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we've all that's been stupid, there. Stupid, you know. We've all been like, there. That's like, but like as you get older, I feel like you think about that stuff less and less. So, and I, um, yeah, I think just being direct and and not trying yeah. to control people's, you know emotions by, you know, not saying things directly is like it's just not helping anyone, including right. you. So just just be straightforward. Totally. agree. Um, what advice would you give people who want to become an entrepreneur or build an app like you guys have? Like, what would you tell them? Uh, 1000% do it. You know, don't be intimidated. Uh, every, it is impossible for everyone, including the people who have done it and you. So just do it. Um, I love that advice. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's it. (laughs) I think that's so great for you to say that because the way that I frame up some of these questions, I mean, I, I know that building an app is really difficult, but I love that you'd still encourage people to do it because you've done it. I mean, if I can do it, like it's so annoying, but like you 100% definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. What do you think is the future of the dating relationship space? I mean, you guys really are defining the future of of friendship events and planning and experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's so cool to have you on here because I really do think you're the next big thing when it comes to experiences that people can have among their relationships. But what do you think is really the future of this space? I re- I think that there is so, so much room to grow in helping people make decisions together. Um, I think indecision is just a problem that everyone faces and technology should absolutely, you know, be part of that solution. And, you know, like I said, I could be seeing something about Casper mattress on my computer. And like, maybe I like the idea of Casper mattress and they're doing a good idea, a good job of like convincing me that I like it, but it's ultimately a decision with the person I'm purchasing and sleeping on the mattress with, you know what I mean? So like for technology to, again, reach both of you and have an impact on both of you in the same time and place is just really new and really exciting. And I definitely think that there's there's room for many different technologies to crop up here. That gives me chills because it, it makes me think of 
of you're helping strengthen connections and helping relationships grow, which is so powerful. Thank you so much. Yeah, that is that is the vision is very much just like making happier relationships. Um, yeah, and, and help, helping people feel more connected. I mean, absolutely. especially coming out of, after this pandemic and coming out of this, like everyone is feeling that way. So that's such a great position to have right now. Thank you. I, I hope so. I, I definitely yeah. feel it. <laughs> So where can people find Kabul? Yeah, so it's in the App Store currently. Android is coming out later this spring, I promise. We have a lot of couples who are like, <laughs> I'm iPhone, he's Android. And, you know, oh, no. So we are building it at the speed of light. Um, and you can find us all over social on Instagram at Kabul app. Um, and our website is trycobble.com. Love it. Okay. I will put that in the show notes and thank you so much, Jordan, for joining the podcast today. This was great. Thank you so much. It was so amazing talking to you. All right. How pulled together is Jordan? She's just so well-spoken. I loved having her on as a guest and I love that she's so encouraging of people to start their own apps despite all of the challenges and hurdles that you might experience when you're in the development phase. So thank you, Jordan, for coming on the podcast and just enlightening everyone with your journey and your experience and your advice. I think it's going to be so helpful for people who are listening. And if you guys loved today's episode, please go ahead and give us five stars in Apple Podcasts. It goes such a long way and it helps us get in front of more people so we can share more entrepreneur and founder stories and also, um, you know, draw and attract people that want to learn new things. It's really important to me. It's definitely a mission of mine. It's why I started this podcast. So if you enjoyed it, just go ahead, swipe up, give us five stars, write a review if you have time. And I would really appreciate that. And thank you so much to Jordan for joining. You guys go check out Cobble. I'll make sure to include the details in the show notes, but go check it out. They are doing really big things and this isn't the last time you're going to be hearing about them. So enjoy it. I can't wait to use it with my friends. And uh, yeah, I will catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.